plus minus. Curry, way down to Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Hey, driving again. Oh, Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. Do you hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. We got the full squad here. Hashtag full squad for Warriors plus minus. Only our OGs remember that. Uh, but Anthony Slater is alive and back from Tokyo. And Tim Kawakami is still under fire from his hometown for not going. <laughs> but my hometown. Wow. <laughs> wow. Your Dude. homeland. Your go homeland. To, go back to your culture. You don't know your own culture. You and Al Davis getting on me here. This got off the rails in about 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. He's, who knows what he's doing here? Who knows what he's doing here? Any of you have a week as good as Jordan Poole and his agent? We'll see. I mean, if the Tyler Hero deal is is the thing that makes it, you know, so they can't meet, then maybe it's not a good week. We've yet to to see if this helped the deal along or really hurt it in, in some ways. Here's a question. Okay. Tyler Hero what gets thirty million a year, is that what we're saying it? Thirty million a year. Is Jordan Poole he has to get 30 then or does he have to get 31 does he can he get take 28 where, where are we like where is he exactly on the Tyler Hero scale I don't think he has to take 30 but I do think if you're the Warriors to me this is a very clear indicator that the price is never going down it's only going up from here I mean remember maybe March whatever February we were talking about 18 million and you fast forward six months and it's 30. Right. So to me, maybe even if he doesn't get 30, it should help the Warriors understand whatever we get him for now, especially if it's less than 30, it's probably going to be a bargain. Does make 28 a lot more palatable. I'll put it that way. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right. You know, so maybe if, if he if he settles on 27, especially 25, that feels like an absolute steal at this point. There's a lot of things at play, but the. The hero part can't be understated. This is the worst player in the league for them to have extended at this time because this is not only the guy that, again, you would really compare to. Like It is a very good player-to-player comparison, age and everything. But it's also another guy from his hometown who he's pitted himself up against his entire life. Yes, don't sleep on that. This is a Milwaukee beef. (laughs) <laughs> no, like seriously don't sleep yeah, on that yeah. to the point that like I think a dollar less than that isn't just like, okay, you got me in the ballpark. It's kind of like, you know, get me to Tyler Hero because, you know, he outplayed Tyler Hero in the playoffs last year. Tyler Hero was not good in, against Boston and played like seven minutes or something in, in like the last game against Boston. Jordan Poole survived against Boston, won a title. Obviously, to me, it just makes a deal in some ways more unlikely unless the Warriors just just understand like they have to get to that number. And if you look over the extension of the deal, knowing that we know the TV money is going to come in, we know where the cap is going. We're talking about a deal when Jordan Poole is 26 or 27 years old that's still going to be about 20% of the salary cap, which all the salary cap experts now, the Bobby Marxes of the world, are saying, look at percentage of the cap, not number. What percentage of the cap is are these huge deals taken up? And it's very reasonable as he ages into his mid-prime. Yeah, and I will say if you're the Warriors, then you know, obviously they don't want to pay any more than they have to, but... If Tyler Hero is worth $30 million a year, then there are going to be other contracts like that. And if you give, and I'm not a guy who thinks Jordan Poole's worth 30 but I don't think Tyler Hero's worth 30 either. So put that to the side. 
if you sign Jordan Poole to 30, you might be able to trade him in a year anyway. Like, I think that's part of this calculation is they don't want to give him an untradeable deal. That's Miami's calculation too, right? We know Pat Riley. Yeah, Miami's smart. That's the other thing. Miami's not a dumb team where they don't know. They don't plan two steps in advance. That's why I was shocked by the numbers. Like, this looks like they got Adebayo. They got Jimmy Butler's contract. They've got a bunch of guys still out there. But they must have calculated that this trade, this kind of contract for a, you know, a scoring big guard is going to be movable if they have to move him. If they want to make, you know, you know Pat Riley's always making that next move for a superstar. Who knows who it might be. If you're the Warriors and you say, okay, that, if this is a tradable deal, then Jordan Poole for $30 million a year is worth possibly a tradable deal in the future. I wouldn't have thought so, but if Miami's doing it, maybe the Warriors can do it. They're, I mean, they're going to have to move money no matter what deal they sign Jordan Poole to, right? I mean, unless they don't sign him. These numbers are I mean, no They don't longer. have to. Well, yeah, I mean, the deals, the they could. They could, they, could, they could take the $100 million hit. $120 million hit, obviously they could. I should always say they could. They keep telling me they will not, right? They, they keep saying they are not going to 450. That is not happening. So they're going to have to move money around no matter what. So, may, so maybe the 30 million becomes the new 20 million, right? I mean, maybe that's just happened in, in a blink of Tyler Hero's negotiating price. And maybe it makes the signing pool easier. I mean, again, not in the stomach, not in the, in the pocketbooks, but just in their heads. Like, we can move this in the future because. Damn it, that's what Miami decided, and that, Miami decided that probably means what the market is. Part of their calculation has also been, will he get a deal on in restricted free agency? Is there a path out there where playing it too safe now, not giving the deal because we're trying to save you know four million here, you know exponential in tax, actually leads to them paying you know his max if they have to match an offer sheet, and Tyler Hero taking himself off the restricted free agency market is a problem too because a team like in Orlando who we've mentioned plenty trust me it's been mentioned plenty behind the scenes with with Hero San Antonio whatever maybe they would have looked at Hero but he's no longer there like so Jordan Poole in a lot of ways for a young team is now the jewel of next season's free agency market if he is in it you know just as far as age timelines go so that's another problem for the Warriors and another reason you probably just want to get it done yeah, and you know what? The, the way I'm also, thinking, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He could. He's young. He's getting better. You know, if this is the market, you sign him to thirty million a year. Is Orlando not going to trade for him next year? You know, they'll still trade for him, right? If he's good, so you can almost work it out that way. It's a lot of money, though. I mean, it is a lot. He's 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 going to go in. He's going to start above Draymond, and I thought that might have been a ceiling for them. Like they just don't want to start him above Draymond. But at some point, the market's the market, right? I mean, either you don't sign him at all, or you start him above Draymond. And and I would imagine this would start like at what twenty eight or twenty you know twenty seven and a half, and that's above Draymond. You think? that's a problem at all look the locker room dynamics like every it's one of those you know choose your path on a video game like any choice you make here has potential dominoes in the locker room i mean he already did it though i think right like with wiggins well they took wiggins they took wiggins right they didn't give wiggins that deal so but you're right i mean you know draymond ha has lived with it in, in the past he's taken these deals himself Jordan Poole might be like, but wasn't Barnes? They need they couldn't do Barnes at a big huge thing because Draymond was coming up. I, I think there's some elements of that, but Jordan Poole might be a one that Draymond isn't thrilled with that comes in over. Maybe I'm just saying that. I walked into practice yesterday, and I mean you guys know the the kind of layout. We walk in that back door, and you can see the course, and above is that little like two row bleachers, and behind is like the uh, the offices. Steve Kerr's 
big office is on the left. Bob Myers' big office is on the right. It was Bob sitting at his desk, and the three people that were in the room were Mike Dunleavy, Kirk Lacob, and Onzi, uh, their cap guy. They were clearly in like a long drawn out meeting with like laptops open i mean i have no idea what was being said i was obviously way across the gym but you're just sitting well, over there like guess, man though. they're going we over could, some- <laughs> yeah. any whiteboard? could you could freeze frame a whiteboard or anything for us later like just zoom in and get ra- rankings of salary? who was the exec that did the like tweeted out the picture where they were in front of a whiteboard and it was like their draft board yeah, was behind the nfl has done that like sometimes there's a giant whiteboard they have just players on each position right don't know that Bob Myers is going to do that, but maybe Slayer, ask him next time. Just turn your laptop around, and I could zoom in, and I could get some good figures there. I wouldn't have said this before, but I think thirty million a year for Pool, as you guys have said, as a percentage of the cap into the future, it's not a luxury tax problem for other teams. So that it's, it's just a, it's just a number. Maybe they can move that, or maybe they can move other people. You know, you know, it might not be a great thing for Clay Thompson's contract into the future. I mean, we can just do some of this kind of outright looking at it. But if that's the price to pay for, to keep Jordan Poole out of restricted free agency, maybe you just have to pay it. And you know, they are famously about we pay our players. You know, when we won't scrimp on a dollar. This is a 23-year-old player who's proven it for you, and I'm the one saying this. I've been I've been the pool skeptic, but if this is the market for Jordan Poole, I don't... Yeah, you didn't want to give him 15. I didn't want to give him 20. No, I was okay with 15. No, I didn't no, want to give him no, 20. No. Marcus, today is a win and a loss for Tim, where he we can go back in time and, and play clips where he's like doubting that Jordan Poole should get $15 million, but we can also go back, and he was he was on the Patrick Baldwin there you go. train before like, anybody else. Like, he, huh? No, he built it <laughs> with his own hands. Yeah. Like, Yes, he did. And I believe there will be more construction going on later this week. By the way, yeah, you, I you might need a bigger one. You need a bigger. Side. I just said six foot ten guy who can shoot. I mean, you know, those guys have value, and I didn't know. All I said is I want to see him. This is what I said about pool too. The can get... shoot was the tricky part, though. Like, well, when yeah, you watch like clips, twenty something percent in college. I mean, it was only eleven games, but yeah, the can shoot. It was like you know, Looney said it yesterday when he was asked, like you know, about Baldwin. He's like, well, I mean, he, he's shooting so far. That's pr- kind of a big deal. We, you know, you'd never know with rookies. I didn't know he was going to come out and go like four or five from three. It just like quick trigger, not even like set, settle. He's like, get the ball, boom, turn around, shoot. Again, he might not do it in real games. But Jesus, Bielitsa was valuable to them because the defense thought he might shoot, right? He didn't really shoot very much for the Warriors from three. But they just had to respect the three. I'm not saying Patrick Baldwin Jr. is going to have the same kind of career as Bielitsa. Who knows? But... The idea. I hope big, not. It, well, it's not a bad career. That, that, that would kill your bandwagon. Be, it's not a bad career, by the way. At twenty-eight, that's yeah. not a bad career. Yeah, if you, if you, yeah, if, if you say, if, if if you say that's the like where he could be, and he could be a lot better. Uh, there are worse guys than that, no question. Draft twenty-eight. It kind of like I don't know. Maybe it was just the shot form that kind of tall, lengthy, but like very pure looking stroke. Looked a little Michael Porter Jr.y out there to me. You know, I mean, obviously, look, he's played twenty preseason minutes. Michael Porter Jr. is on a max at this point, but it was a lot more intriguing than I was expecting it to be. Having seen the college tape, uh, as as me and Marcus sat there on draft night watching. Again, who knows? But all I've said, all I've I've said two things. Ron Adams likes him. That's a big deal. That's a freaking big deal. And two, six foot ten can shoot the ball. Like th- those are things that mean that you can play in the NBA. Who knows when, exactly how, what the mix is going to be. But those two things make me think there's something here. And then, 
in Japan, he was good. I mean, again, against the third string, whatever, who knows. But this is just a, it's not like a slow windup. You know, that's like what was Caspi was this incredibly slow torture, get to the top of his shot and miss. And Bielitsa wasn't the quickest trigger. And there's some other guys. He's quick, pretty quick trigger. And that, that little uh, baseline two-pointer, Slater, in the first game, <laughs> was like that's an NBA move. Really smooth. Yeah, who who knows? Defensively, there will be you know problems, but he's long. He he snagged a few rebounds. Like there's issues with him, but I don't know that he's a pure G League guy. Like you guys have been saying G League, and I'm, I'm like, trying to figure know. out when's TK been this high on a guy out of the. When he heard Ron Adams was in, Kaminga, Tim right? was, I was like, like in. No, don't bottom need to half of the draft. Yeah, not a while. Not like that. Not in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good. That's a good qualifier there. I just like smart big players who can shoot like that's the nba now like that's literally there's guys who sign bertans right i mean he's not even that good and what's he making 14 a year 16 a year like there's guys Oof, that's who, a bad deal well yeah but jeez i mean there's there's used to them i'm not even putting this ball one at a star level who knows i'm saying these are the kind of guys who play in the nba and if you looked at that i'm going to ask her about this later today like if you looked at that unit he was throwing around at the end, it was Baldwin and Kaminga. And you're like, that's one thing. Kaminga, I'm having a hard time figuring out exactly where he's going to fit on this team because he just does all these different things, and he does some of them bad and some of them good. You don't necessarily want to mess around with Steph and Draymond. I'm not sure he works with Wiseman, so the second unit, I'm not sure. Jeez, Baldwin and Kaminga is pretty interesting just the way the floor is spaced. I'm just going to throw that out there. Might be writing about this later, but... Like he fits different ways with the way the Warriors play. That that talent, if he can sustain it. There we go. There's my Baldwin bandwagon uh, uh, spiel for the for the day. I might do more, but he just fits that that kind of smart player at six foot ten. But Nemanja Bjelica barely shot the ball last season, and he was really important because he was big, he was smart, and he had the threat of shooting the ball. I think Baldwin's got more than the threat of it. You guys are silent. You're after all this mocking of me. Now you're silent. I never thought we'd have this early, like a 12-minute <laughs> I mean, Patrick Baldwin I mean, TK is hype about a 28 pick after two preseason games. I mean, this is unprecedented territory right here. Yeah. Like, well, the Adams thing got me. Like, Jesus, that guy does not like players, young players. Normally, if this dude was the 28 pick and dropped 40, TK is the one telling everybody, like, <laughs> come, calm down. Come on. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a preseason game. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. I'll stop. You, I'll stop. But, but, no, no, but, you know, uh, the opposite, right? Uh does Ryan Rollins pass the ball? Yeah, I, that one I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, like that was that one of those like you know what? Go. <laughs> Maybe they do need to pass for his point guard out there because Ryan, I don't know if that Ryan Rollins. It's like, ooh, but they glad Andre signed. That dude was not dishing the rock at all. Yeah, McClung gets hit for it and he got cut because he didn't pass the ball. But I also thought Ryan Rollins. They probably didn't love some of that stuff in Japan. I don't. I mean, Slater, you were there. He's obviously got skill. He's got length. He's shifty, he man. Is, he, yeah, he, he was, was getting guy, you, there, you though. You could see playing in the league, but he, yeah, I don't he know. He's a point there. guard. I've even talked to a few people about, like, you know, kind of the Jordan Poole path. It's more of, like, the scoring guard who, you know, can play make for others, but he's mostly out to get his own. I mean, like, that's, you know, mindsets matter in basketball, and his mindset is to score, whereas, like, DiVincenzo, for example, who I think is going to run plenty of, like, kind of quasi-point in the second He was the point guard. He was the point guard. He's yeah, yeah. passing. 
He is looking to pass. He's coming off the pick and roll, looking, where's the pocket? Where can I get this pass in? Rollins and Poole, even though Poole has some really nifty passes, he wants his first, and that is very different. And we, we kind of know that Steve Kerr prefers at least one guy out there that's looking to get, I don't know, James Wiseman, this, this monster dude with his hands up the ball sometimes. I mean, they're going from Chris Chioza, who almost refused to shoot, to Ryan Rollins, who almost refuses to pass. I mean, that third point guard, it's, it's a drastic shift yeah, this well, year. Rollins got to figure out the NBA is a little different than what, what league was he in, Horizon League or whatever. I mean, like, he's trying to finish at the rim, and it's not like the Wizards have the greatest back line in the history of basketball, especially when their backups are in. But he couldn't finish over those guys. He better watch that uh, Wimbanyama game last yeah. night and realize he needed mid-range. Yeah. <laughs> Although the, uh, Scoot was getting the ball off over Wimbanyama. Anyway, it's a whole other thing. He ain't no Scoot. Uh, oh, God, Scoot's good. <laughs> Scoot's but, a beast. Oh, my God. Uh, you know what? I actually thought this is the old flashback. I thought he's the player that MT thought Rodney Stuckey was. That's what I... No his, way. I, yeah, he's no, the player he thought No, Ryan Rodney. Rollins is, actually. Yeah, well, no. Ryan Rollins is. Yeah, yeah. The whole Stuckey thing was the Warriors didn't have anybody to get to the basket, and that's all Rodney Stuckey did. Like, put his head down, go to the basket, get to the free throw line. And but still managed to shoot like still like managed to shoot like thirty nine percent. By the way, uh, no, yo, he's like really good. No question, no question. Um, yeah, no, he, he's a monster. I I, uh, I read the Dante Divincenzo sit down that uh, Slater did very nice in a Starbucks in Japan, and we have to set that all up. I don't know, it's a good scene. Uh, and you made a point there that I thought was really interesting. I hadn't really thought about. It. He could be their Iguodala, like he's their second unit. I mean, Pools Iguodala basically said it, right? Yeah, Wiseman's yeah. over there. I don't know. Get the ball to Dante, let him bring it up, tell someone to go to the wing, make the pass, start the offense, and maybe the ball comes back to him, he can hit a shot. But he's like going to be the cur, like, okay, guys, this could be okay, don't get crazy. I had compared him in my head to Otto Porter, not certainly not the, the right position, but just a veteran who can make a shot that Kerr likes having on the floor. But obviously the, the bigger comparison could be on the second unit to Iguodala, just as a calm ball handler and a guy who can make a shot yeah the funny thing is like the veteran aspect of it Kerr called him a vet yesterday you know because I was talking about the young bench he's like you know Dante's a veteran and it's just like you know I was sitting there not long ago and he's explaining in 2020 during you know pro post pandemic he's in his second year like you know he he's with Moses Moody stage of his career not that long ago but you know he's he not only has gone through some experiences which obviously you know we kind of talked about but he just kind of has that you know calming side and it, Moses Moody I would say is a good comparison where Moses when Moses Moody's entering his fifth season he's going to be considered like a wily vet right kind of like the Vincenzo is so uh he fits and Kerr really likes him and and we knew this right I mean even when they signed him it was like yep that makes sense fits the style but even through two games you're already seeing it I mean did you that wraparound pass he had to Wiseman for a dunk Wiseman was not getting that in his rookie season when it was Kelly Oubre and Kent Bazemore and those type of players out there and you know Iguodala hadn't returned yet they need those type of guys around Wiseman he needs a pick and roll partner like Poole but he also needs a guy out there that is bringing it up the court going James Wiseman needs a touch where's James Wiseman let me get him a touch that type of stuff I want to say two teams that just make sense Villanova right we know Kerr Jay Wright and they like that system it's a selfless system and two Milwaukee Bucks like you know there hasn't been a lot of sharing players back and forth but they like the same kind of players and it's built around a superstar and it's complementary pieces and it's defense 
Villanova plus Milwaukee Bucks. If you just say those two things, I'd say that's probably going to work with Steve Kerr. The interesting part about Dante, aside from the fact that he's white, according to Andre. <laughs> Andre makes... broke that news. He broke that news. <laughs> he's white and can't play. And can play. Those are two good things. White and can play, right? Yeah, yeah. This thing. guy can play? Like, he's, you know, trying to, like, reclaim his career, in a sense. So... Curious part is like this is almost the perfect place for him, but I wonder if it, considering their situation, this is a rental. Otto Porter, like yeah, Otto Porter, like they better kind of hope he's a rental because if he's not a rental, that means he accepted the player option for next season, which is like you know four point eight million, meaning he would believe, hey, my market's not beyond that, which means he did not play well enough for it to be. But yeah, I mean, he's trying to play himself into a payday. The payday that he was supposed to get, by the way, and we went deep into his injury, you know, in the interview I did, but like it was a really bad injury. His ligament in the inside, like you know where you have a high ankle sprain, the the worst ankle sprain, the inside, that ligament came completely off the bone and it was like a six month rehab, deep surgery. You know, he came back and he didn't have the burst. And what what is his game, right? It's that quick twitch. Like, whoop, I'm by you. You know, boom, I'll get into the rim quicker. You know, I'm smaller, but I can kind of quick burst the rim. It just wasn't really there early when he came back. He started to feel like it was back late in Sacramento, but then they kind of broke up with him. And there's a chance that his thing is if he gets a full offseason, his body feels much better. He feels much better. And this is only the second time in his career he's had a really nice full offseason. And the first time was before his third season when he was awesome. So he's expecting to play like the player that broke out his third season. He's going to be good. Like, his shot looks really good. Like, it looks very composed, right? He, he gets it off quicker than what you think. But you can tell, like, he was in that Boonholzer offense, and he was waiting to catch and shoot. He, he just got that part. That's the crazy part. Like, he could be the next Iguodala, but there's probably no path to keep him if he's really good <laughs> because he could be really good. And keep in mind, like, he did play for a team that won a title, so – He's been on a team that's really good before. You know what I would say, though, in talking to him? He saw what happened with Gary Payton, how Gary Payton got a huge payday from the Warriors, and he saw that Otto Porter was basically in the minimum bargain bin category and turned into a big mid-level type guy, and that appealed to him. Because, you know, he was sitting there going, I thought I was going to get a big payday. Where is it? I know I'm good enough. I'm going to go resurrect my career there. Whereas, you're right, if he has an awesome season, it's a one-year rental. This is not a warrior for life, most likely. But if he does that, guess what the Warriors can go? They have another test case to go back into the offseason season to go whoever no the next Dante DiVincenzo yeah. is look what we did again there are always guys this out there is, this is what always, we do yeah there's always guys out there who are talented and haven't been in the right situation or coming off an injury or Porter and DiVincenzo basically you know both those guys are coming off an injury uh, what did Sacramento trade to get him, Slater? I don't even remember that. It was Marvin Bagley, which whatever they were losing him anyways. It was it was like a whole four team deal, and the two second round picks, and they they really liked him. Remember, they tried to trade for him in the Bogdanovich deal the summer before, so they really liked him. But maybe it was a Mike Brown related situation. But when they they changed course and decided they wanted Malik Monk and Kevin Herter. We'll see how good a deal. Yeah, I was just a little surprised. I mean, I don't think they absolutely needed to offload him for that. I mean, he was their proper, you know, restricted free agency. So I was surprised by that. I just remember going through the list of possible Warriors, 
you know, bargain basement signings, and he came up, and I went, no, he's he's somebody they'll keep, right? Restricted free agent. It's silly. And then, boom, he's available, and they sign him. It was just weird, and uh, maybe a typical Sacramento. Yeah, I definitely didn't think he would be available, especially after, like, what... It wasn't at big money either, right? They they didn't have to call, you know, they they could He didn't either, by the way. He was, like, looking for houses. I've talked to him about houses in the Sacramento area, because he was like, I know the market very well. Why would you be talking about housing in Sacramento? I'm curious about that. He's like, I know the market very well. He (laughs) thought he was going to live there. You're like a real estate agent out there, but no, it's a it's a solid, solid. Player. By the way, Tim, I mean, was that like, are you interested, or like, do we need to chat after? <laughs> can the I show? give you a few? There's a few listings here. You can take a look. Yeah, he, he got a he got a brochure for like Elk Grove area. Like, <laughs> yeah, a lot of great restaurants. No, that's Sam Amick. Sam Amick got Sam the Elk Grove. Is Elk Grove yeah. <laughs> Inside funny. joke, ladies and gentlemen. Inside joke. We will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. How was Japan? That felt so quick, man. It felt. It like- was. It was quicker than China, right? China was seen a little yeah. longer. Yeah, China was two cities. It was like six or seven. I think it might have been seven days. Shenzhen and Shanghai. There was like a flight in China within the time. It it was it was much denser, more activities. This was quick. You know, Tokyo's so big and there's so much to see that like I'm back now. I'm like, man, there was like five other things I wanted to do. But considering you have to work, you know, a majority of the time. It also didn't throw the body clock off nearly like last time. And, you know, even Kerr came in yesterday and was kind of asking some of us who went on the trip, like, how are you feeling? You know, how's the sleep pattern? And I was like, you know, not bad. And he was saying the same. So they're I don't saying think that now. Gonna... We'll see. We'll see in November <laughs> when they're complaining about it. Yeah. When they're four and five. And he's like, the Japan <laughs> oh, trip just completely direct. <laughs> no, still, I, mean, I felt just watching that it was quick. That's what I felt. It was like, Boom, out there, a couple sites, game, boom, game, back home. And that's the way it should be. Maybe the NBA's learned something from some of the other previous I text Slater, right, like asking for some info, thinking he was still there. Like, he had already come home and slept. Like, I was like, you're back? I thought, well, they practiced. I was like, they're practicing. So didn't they just get home? And That's they, literally they what I thought. Yeah, like, yeah. they're already practicing? That's crazy. It does not feel like the, the China trip at all you know it's quicker the flight back was on a sunday the wizards who have to fly a whole other across the country all the way back maybe they're a little bit that is true it was really cool though you know you know what was the best part the crowd the crowd everyone there loved it it was like such a positive environment it was loaded up like 20 minutes before tip like everyone in their seat clapping the layup lines they were like you know moses moody would like take a two dribble just like you know light dunk and layup lines and they would go wow and like you know they were just everything was like 
awesome to them. Steve Kerr, I thought it was a good comparison. He said somebody on his staff, I don't know who, kind of made this comparison, but it was correct. Like a tennis crowd where, you know, a tennis crowd's like during the rally, they're like, you know, very quiet, locked in, watching, concentrating. And then somebody hits a winner and it's like an explosion of clapping. That's how it was. Like during action, it was the most locked in crowd I've ever seen. Whereas in America, you know, you have drunk fans over here having conversations, ushers doing this. Some people are paying attention. The music's going too much. This crowd was just watching, 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 you know, something would happen and all in unison it was the most like united crowd and clapping i've ever seen which is clap like really loud and the players like really actually enjoyed the atmosphere my people my people were good hosts how was uh you know draymond at media day made you know his comments about you know he's not getting a deal it seemed to be in a very like team first mood and then he looks pretty he looks like one of the people who had a great time in japan uh what what was your temperature on Draymond even though he doesn't have the extension he's been really good behind the scenes they've multiple people have noted it. he's playing well they he says he feels really good you know he obviously didn't play as much basketball this summer as the previous one because there was no Olympics but uh, he looks good he's been like active coaching up the young guys in no ways it doesn't seem to be affecting like his play or his his vibe around the team he did do a press conference they had like kind of a practice day it was when like all the sumo wrestlers came out it was a kind of you know it was like an all-star type practice open practice um and he had like a scrum and he was asked it was something about like basically well, do they even have to prove themselves? Kind of like, you know, you proved yourselves last year. Do you have to prove yourselves again? And he was basically saying, well, you remind people and then people forget again. And you got to, and he was like, you got to remind them again. Even some of the people around here are like, and that's a paraphrase, uh, but it was like the one, it, it was like, I don't know. Like, is he talking to us? Is he talking to the media? The media forgot. Nah, is he talking to the front office? You know you know, who he's talking it was to. a he's little talking subtle. To Tim oh yeah. That's me. Straight up to me. No, I, I think uh, doing a podcast gets players in the right mindset. That's what it is. Like you get on, the, yeah. I got to provide content. Got to make sure I'm playing good because this podcast is coming out. Yeah, he might have something to prove. That's good for the Warriors, right? I don't think the Warriors have any problem with that. Like Draymond out to on, in a contract year, out to try to get the kind of money that he hasn't got. Uh, he's never gotten top top level, you know, true max money. Maybe he's out on a mission for that, and that's that's good for the Warriors. And you know they'll have to figure that out as it goes. I mean, you know, we've talked about the money a million different ways, but if it, if Draymond Green is a forty million dollar player, if that's what he's worth, Jesus, that's that's not terrible for the Warriors. Pro- probably mean at least another trip to the finals, maybe another championship. They'll live with that and then deal with the consequences out. You know, from there, the way he shot those threes, I was like, oh man, if he brings that man, back, dude, if yeah. he brings that back, Jesus, forget about it. They look smooth, too smooth yeah. looking. Yeah, quick. Was, yeah, it wasn't a hesitation. It was just turn, shoot, look, boom. God knows, you know, that could come and go with him. But if he can just get up to like a, you know, a 32%, 34% regular three point shooter hits one a game, two a game, is a threat, that's a whole level of value that, that offensively he hasn't been at. It's just so different. I think it's also important, too, that Draymond is a newlywed, so he is currently in the middle of marital bliss, and he's not going to let a contract situation derail that. He's got a good, what, year of honeymoon magic? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe more than that. Come on. It's going to be bliss. His wife is like, hey, man, don't be bringing that in my house. You know what else Draymond has, and I think 
this sometimes this gets lost when we talk about the situations. He has a security blanket, which is a what is it, a twenty seven million dollar player option? You know, if the season goes poorly for him, you know, for whatever reason, he could just take that player option. And then next season is a contract year. So, like, he has what Wiggins doesn't have, what Poole kind of doesn't have, which is, like, you know, a backup plan, essentially, if if it doesn't go how he wants it. If he doesn't feel like the market is going to be where he wants it, he can go, oh, let's try this again next year because he can decide to just gobble up that $27 million player option. Yeah, and it's hard one player option, and the Warriors just don't do that. Although I was thinking, I've said they don't do it at all. They have done it for one other player. There was one other player who always got a player option. Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, like, you know you who also three had one? Three of those. Kevon Looney. Remember, oh, it was like a $5 right. million dollar one right. uh, that he exercised because he was really that hurt. That was like charity, though. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I was like, oh, God, we should pay you more. But we're, we're, yeah, We should be giving you twice this. So how about a player option? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but KD lived on the one and one. The one and one, the one and one. It was a beautiful thing. Uh, and hey, the Warriors, they gave it to Draymond, so it's you know full well. Draymond earned it, so he can just play it out as as, as far as he wants to. And you know, and again, he doesn't make huge money unless he gets to the end of the contract, either by ending it after this season or getting to. He can't do the extension and get this huge money, so that might be part of it too. Uh, although I don't know that they would be offering him max money anyway, but. Uh, Draymond on a on a mission. I think a lot of people around the Bay Area would take that. A lot of people would take that, especially if he's on a mission and he's like in good spirits, right? And like he he could be on a mission and like yeah, different know, kind of problematic, mission. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but if he's on a mission and he's like you know, you know, he's the good the good Draymond, I guess. That's all that's the early the signs the are, are positive. Even the little subtle like you know digs that you're like, eh, who is that directed? It's like he was doing that last year. Remember it's in like camp he last you know, year when he was I like, haven't forgot. I still know, but I'm going to be, you know, yeah. be good. <laughs> like, remember in camp last year, he was like, you know, we want to win a championship. I just hope everyone in the organization has those same thoughts in mind. Again, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, yeah, that's him. I would just say the general takeaway so far early is like everyone around is like really happy with where Draymond is physically, mentally, all that. They won a championship, right? I mean, they should be in a good mood. This this worked. I was thinking about that. It's like four years. Like they, it took four years. It felt like less than that to me. I don't know about you guys, but that that was a while between championships. And you know, you go through some things when you don't. You're you're built to win championships. You win three of the last four, and then you go through a three year drought. And they sh- everybody should be in a good mood after it. And you have the worst record in the league in one of those years. Absolutely. Worst <laughs> record in the league. You didn't quite know how this was all going to get together. You got some mix-matched players. You open a new arena. You, there's a pandemic. Like, there's all think about all the stuff that went on in there. And, you know, there's reasons why they were always still title contenders. One of them was number 30. But it kind of was a blur to all of us. And you just step back. It was four years. Like, that's... A presidential administration it's an olympics you know cycle that they were they had to wait to become a champion again and they the whole time they thought of themselves as champions it's worth thinking about in that context it took a while and to win one justifies and 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 you know gives credentials to so many other things they've always believed in but they should be in good mood they should understand look what we got going on here let's try to do it as for as long as possible and you know we felt that a couple of years ago but they justified that. They they put it into existence. Look at let's just get as many champions as they possibly can. 
and you know they're set up to try to go for another one. They get 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 in fifth ring. That that would be the top end. I think that they thought at the beginning. Can they get five? Four is great. Can they get five? Five is a lot, but you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say they can't do it. Can I pivot the conversation to what I think is you know in some ways the most newsy thing going on with the Warriors we haven't talked about yet? Clay has not played, and Clay probably isn't going to scrimmage on Thursday, has not scrimmaged yet. And I don't mean just hasn't scrimmaged in camp. Like he revealed, you know, in a, in a candid moment, I, uh, you know, from a journalist. Super candid. <laughs> yeah. I think we appreciate it. But just like he's not ready to play pick a ball in the summer, you know, which from, you know, whatever. What like that, literal November trauma, like PTSD. <laughs> yeah, one. He is saying he has a mental block because he tore his Achilles playing pick a ball. But. Uh, he said it's something he'll eventually get over, but if people want to like go find the little video clip online, it is interesting. But it also, you know, they're saying they're being very cautious. The training staff's easing him back in. I see, you know, I was at practice yesterday. He's out there doing a bunch of one-on-one drills with Jordan Poole. He's been in contact situations, so it's not like, uh-oh, you know, you're talking about him perhaps missing, you know, part of the regular season. But it's just, it's of note you know, how careful they're being, and then Clay's admission, which I thought was just, you know, was a little revealing. It did hit me strange that, what, did he not scrimmage leading in the last season's comeback? I mean, he must have. No, he scrimmaged a bunch. Yeah, so, like, that, I understand what he's saying. I'm not saying I don't. He's gone through two major injuries, but I just had to go back, like, he played, what, 36 minutes a game in the finals? You know, it's like, it's a little weird, I you know, uh, listen, your body's your body and your mind's your mind. And it's just kind of like, this is interesting because I kind of thought he was past that. I would have thought he was past that. Again, who who knows? You know, who I'm going through my own injury. It has taken you know, a lot longer than I ever thought it would. So I'm not going to ever be on an NFL coach did text me about that. So you're not going to be getting on players who have different comebacks, are you, anymore? And I, I don't think I ever did. But it is interesting and it was fascinating to hear and it just did strike me like geez what maybe you know what he was going through last season in the playoffs is and we knew it was a lot but it was more than we ever thought it was like he was just fighting through it every single time just determined to get back out there and it's not going to be a simple process it's not going to just be step one step two step like there's going to be a pause there's going to be a little maybe a little you know slide back who knows it's been a lot he's gone through so much and he's and the thing that does him he's still going through it and and it, it, it was probably too easy to think, oh, it's over now. He's going to be great. It's for, I wrote that. Like, yeah, Clay Thompson should be better than ever. Who knows? Like, he's got, he's got stuff he's still got to go through. Like, I kind of got it in the sense that, like, last year he was working towards something. And then, obviously, games are, are games. I felt like when he said it, I was like, yo, I kind of feel that. This idea of, like you said, they won a championship and he's at the highest of high. It, it would be devastating if something happened and he had to go back through that again. Like, to me, it registered, like, I get why he's saying that. Like, I don't want to do anything between this feeling and the start of next season to, like, jeopardize that. Like, I got that. In a way, you don't expect players to ever think, right? You don't expect these kind of mental machines, right, <laughs> to have these kind of, like, uh, you know, I don't want to say weak moments, but these kind of, like, regular uh psychological explanations right so to me it was just like wow clay's thinking about this like any regular person would and this is the same dude who came back after 941 days out right so the fortitude it took to come back it was it was a bit jarring to see how regular he still is about this thing it it made a lot of sense like tangibly like it 
you know, it's like, ah, you, you know, you just played in the playoffs. What's a pickup game? But the idea of coming back, winning a championship, and then getting hurt in the offseason is probably too much to bear. Like, that, that would probably be too much. If you're going to risk the body, like, do it, like, going for a title, not yeah, just, do like, because yeah, you want to yeah, get in at the L.A. Fitness. The other thing, he's adamant his body feels really good. That's one thing he keeps saying. Like, I feel good. I'm really pumped about the season. Like, this is I'm saving this for games. His body is like school clothes, baby. You do not burn those before school starts. (laughs) Like, I'm saving this for games. It does tell you, like, he was like, I'm just going to get back, and we're going to win it. You know, I'm going to do everything, win a championship. Like, that's all he was thinking about last season. It's like, like, we're just going to push it, push it, push it. And now he's probably, like, going, whoa, like, there's still stuff I got to go through. It does tell you the unique focus of these guys like i'm just getting back and i'm going to play they couldn't stop him from playing last season if they said this is not going to be great he would have still played because he had to get back it'd been so long and now he's like kind of takes a deep breath and go okay like there's a lot of been stress been put on my body here don't need to do it in any you know any kind of casual way before the game start again totally get that he also like had the moment of the trip probably too where him and Steph. It was actually very like cool. It felt like in some weird way, like kind of historic, where they did this. They did this All Star Saturday night, where it was they, like. So that was between games. I'm trying. Yeah, when yeah. Was so that? they I'm played a Friday. Was, I know okay. the timing was so weird yeah. here that like you guys like have no comprehension of actually how <laughs> like, it, what order these stuff how happened. it was layered. But there was a Friday night game at 7 p.m. There was like an All Star Saturday night type event at 7 p.m. the next night in the same arena, and then there was a Sunday afternoon game, and then they left. But they did the Saturday night between games, and the arena was equally as full. It was like a full house. They were just as into it. But in some ways, it was kind of like a whack event as far as product on the floor. They had these dunk- – nobody wanted – none of the players were going to do the dunk contest, right? You don't want to risk injury. So it was like these three – they basically should have Mac McClung out there. But there was like these – just three amateur dunkers. One guy like kind of tried so we to We can sacrifice back with Yeah, we're going to cut him anyway. Oh, wait, we didn't say that, right? We're going to cut him anyway. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. But um, so the dunk contest was like kind of like whatever. They did like a shooting stars thing where Tim Hardaway and Rip Hamilton were out there with some of the players. And the players weren't trying that hard. Then they did the three-point contest, but it was like this combo three-point contest. One guy does two racks, and then the other guy does three racks with this deep money ball. As they were doing it, like Kyle Kuzma and was on, like Bradley Beal didn't even do it for the Wizards. Like Kyle Kuzma was airballing. Like the first few groups, it was like, what? Like this night's weird. Like nothing's going on. And then you kind of were like, all right, but there is this Steph Clay thing to come. And it got to the end, and the whole crowd rose to their feet. And there was kind of a realization in this combo dual you know three-point contest like we've just watched a nothingness on the court for like an hour but we're about to now see the two greatest shooters ever for the first time ever like compete together as this like three-point team which was like i don't know in the moment you're like wow this is actually kind of cool like this is very cool for this japanese crowd that is like rising to its feet and then they like met the moment like jordan Poole and moses moody had gone right before and jordan Poole was clearly like talking a little junk like he was about to beat them and then they just came out, and I'm sure you guys have seen the video, but they just came out striping threes. And then Clay capped it off by hitting a bunch of money balls in the corner. He's basically giving Jordan Poole like a wedgie afterwards. <laughs> yeah. it looks like. and it's then, hilarious and then how the they hallway, really wanted like, to be Jordan Poole. He's yeah. like, yo, I just wanted to humble Jordan Poole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think they were saying about Moses Moody. that They wanted to get Jordan Poole. No, it was Jordan Poole for sure. <laughs> he hit the last three and looked right. He was like, where's Jordan Poole? I need to run over and get on. And then Jordan Poole... 
I mean, and Jordan Poole's a good sport about it. You know, he comes in the hallway. He's doing like a fake interview because they had mic'd him up. It did kind of display the dynamic between them. He comes up with the microphone and Clay goes, geez, he's coming for your job too. <laughs> and it was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Competition's good. It's good. And, I, you know, they they haven't had that, right? I mean, how many years were you saying, Jesus. Who pushes like, them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who, somebody who can come off the bench and just be his own kind of offense. And they've never really had that. They've had complimentary guys or they've had guys who couldn't do it. And now they've got a guy like, okay, I'm next. I'm next. I'm next. That's but, all the more reason to pay him right there. Like, the fact that they respond to him like this, like, they know as much as anybody. Like, this dude is a problem. To where Clay is like, I'm taking you down every chance I get, including in a made-up three-point contest in Tokyo. <laughs> well, what I'm hearing about these, you know, when the first team just absolutely destroys the second team in practice, like Kerr and all those guys talked about. I was thinking, like, who do they really relish? Who does the first team really focus on beating on that second team? I don't think they care if they're beating James. Yeah, Who's Wiseman the guy on the second team that they can't stand losing yes, to? Jordan. Right? It's like, I will oh. never lose to him because yeah. I will never not hear about it. It's got to be Jordan Poole. Yeah, it's not Dante DiVincenzo and Moses Moody, put it that way. The second team needs Jordan Poole. They, part of the reason they need Clay Thompson to get back and practice is because they need George, Jordan Poole to consistently be on the second team. He just hasn't been. I know. I looked at that second, and you know I love the rotations. It's like the one they got probably isn't going to be the one that's going to play. They're going to have to put Wiggins or Clay on with the second unit when they play. You know, obviously they're starting, but they need another offensive like playmaker. And unless Defensenjo just goes crazy, and he might, but it just doesn't. Wiseman needs someone to set him up, and if it's Kaminga, he needs somebody to set him out. So um, you know, we'll see how that works. We'll see how that works. All right, maybe next time we'll talk about like uh, you know the MVP of the team. How about that? We'll talk about thirty next time. Three uh, He had a terrific <laughs> trip to the sumo wrestling dojo, you know, fun. area, and like really seemed to enjoy it. That was like I asked him the highlight of the trip, and that was it for him. He seemed to genuinely like it. So that that was my takeaway from Steph Curry, and like by the way, just global megastar. I bet you he got on the golf course with the Rakuten founder a few times. I'll put it that way. You know, yeah. Even Ru- Rui Achimura was asked in one of his press conferences just kind of about, I don't remember the exact question, but it was about the react because he was getting a great reaction, right? He's like their local star. And he was like, yeah, Steph was still more than me. You know, they're still more pumped to see Steph than me. But, you know, I, it is what it is. Japan, Steph, and China, Clay. There you go. They, China, taking- Steph, too. Everywhere stuff, it yeah. seems like. Everywhere yeah. stuff. World, yeah. world, yeah. Universal stuff. That's good. Tokyo Thompson. Let's go. All <laughs> right. Uh, we'll see you next week. There'll be another preseason game in hand when we do. Warriors Lakers on Sunday. I will see you guys there, right? Not me. NFL, baby. NFL. Are you going? No, it's in Carolina, but it's a one o'clock start, and I'm probably writing. So this is just real detail stuff, but I don't think I'm going to get there because I got to write about that. that, that, that I'll game. be there. I'll just write from the game. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. All right. Peace. Peace out. It's a great, it's a great time.